everyone, and welcome to another week's episode of Soper's Chat. I'm your host, Christy. We're going to start the week off with uh, the fragrance oil of the week, which is Sex Mom. Yes, this is one of those fragrances where it kind of feels uncomfortable in some cases to go to a school or church function and you're selling soap or wax melts or candles and people look at your soap or your wax melts or your candles and then see the <laughs> the name and kind of give you that evil eye. Yeah. So that's when you do like I do and change the name. Uh, yeah, I called mine Silk and Lace because I'm like, mm, I think that's kind of a little bit safer around those type of functions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one and what was the other one that I did? Because uh, I was, lick me all over. I'm like, yeah, that one's kind of a horror. <laughs> uh, it smells great, but man, that name, it's like you can get in all kinds of trouble with that. Um, so this is one of those fragrances that is very well behaved. No rising, no acceleration, nice clean smell, stays sticks to your soap really well. So it's kind of I, I would I would venture to say this is kind of one of those ones that is a good starting fragrance for those that are just getting started and worried about acceleration, rising. This is kind of one of those I would put in that corner. Now, there's a lot of fragrance oil companies that don't carry it, uh, and there's a lot of fragrance oil companies that do. And fortunately, there's a lot of fragrance oil companies that I purchased from that happen to be selling them too. And I purchased from them as well. I have enough that'll keep me busy for a while. Um, so I'll get right off the bat, it, there's no vanilla in this. So you don't have to worry about discoloration. That's the great thing there. Um, and it, it's got a pretty decent usage rate across the board, of course you don't want to go too high. You want to kind of keep it around a, a manageable level so that you don't end up with fragrance leakage in your soap. Meaning that after it goes through saponification, you go start cutting it and all of a sudden you see these little oil marks that are just leaking out of the soap. What is that? That potentially could be your fragrance oil leaking out because there's just too much in your soap. Um, that's for another conversation though. Anywho, so right off the rip, there are five companies, Elements Bath and Body, Flaming Candle, Wholesale Supplies Plus, Nature's Garden, and Rustic Essentials. I looked at them and they don't carry it. If they do carry it, they call it something else. So if you do know that they carry it and they have a different name, let me know. Uh, Indigo Fragrance Oil, they have it as well as Be Scented. Both of them carry it at a 16.03 usage rate. Of course, we don't want to go that high. Um, I try to stick around 5% or less, depending on how strong the fragrance is. This one's so nice and clean, I, I usually go with the 5%. Uh, fragrance Buddy, it's at 16% on their usage rate. Uh, now, Nurture Soap, they're kind of along those lines. They call theirs Femme Fatale, uh, but they do let you know that this is uh, a dupe of the Sex Bomb. Uh, they uh, recommend 6% on their usage rate. Now, uh, New York Scent, uh, I have purchased theirs, uh, as well as the Indigo Fragrance, as well as the uh, Make Your Own Dot Buzz. So I have a lot, yeah. And it's I have no problem with having all of that either. Because I'd be like, yeah, I like this. If I only used it for me, I'd have no problem there. Yeah, so uh, New York Scent and uh, Save on Citric slash Make Your Own Dot Buzz slash Chemistry Connection slash slash slash. They're at 16.03% as well on their usage rate. Uh, now, fragrance, uh, fragrances, I can't believe I'm getting it wrong here. Fragrance Shed, I apologize. Uh, Fragranceshed.com.au, there's is a 5% usage rate. And uh, new on the board is Bath Mom World at 5%. Uh, now, Save on Sense also did not carry it. 
Uh, Mad Oil, Arizona Mad Oils didn't carry it. Lone Star Candle Supply, Candles of Supply.net. Bulk Apothecary just sent. Peak can Fragrance Oils uh, and Essential Depot also did not carry it. Uh, and then there's Aztec Candle and Soap Supplies. I can't believe I've missed including them for so long. I have a bunch of their one ounce bottles. Their fragrances are pretty good. Um, I got a lemon cello that I'm still kind of on the fence about because I love that fragrance during the winter. It's just one of those that kind of helps motivate me during the winter, but it, I don't know, it's kind of iffy in soap. Um, but yeah, they have it. It didn't say what their usage rate is. So it's one of those where either A, you might want to contact them and ask them what their usage rate is, or B, just use the one ounce per pound of oil method. So that is your fragrance oil of the week. And kind of in conjunction with the fragrance oil of the week is the color of the week, which is red. Now, red's one of those where it, it kind of is, can be, it can be a headache. Now, you can either have the situation where you just can't find that red that you're looking for, because red, it, there's only a couple places that sell really, really what you're looking for, red kind of mica. Like Nurture Soap, for example, they have their really red mica, and that one does really well in soap. Uh, now, Mad Micas also has a blend, so you can buy three of their micas and mix them together to create a red. Steph's Micas and More has a, uh, a blend that they recommend with theirs that you can mix together to make a red mica. Uh, the only downside with, with a red mica, of course, is the potential for bleeding, where it bleeds into lighter colors. So it'll make like your orange into a red-orange, it'll turn your whites pink. Yeah, so that's one of the other things that you have to contend with with red, but it's a beautiful color, and it's not going to stop me using it when it bleeds. I just have to figure out a way to make it kind of look nice with the other colors in my soap. Like, uh, so far I've had pretty good luck with non-bleedage with uh, my um, uh, rainbow soaps with the, like I use, uh, what is it, the rainbow sherbet, and I do the that's my rainbow soap and to my knowledge I didn't really have much of an issue with it except when it gets near the white and I try to keep it away from that uh, and try to do pink before the white so that I don't have that bleedage into it so that's one way that I've kind of dealt with it uh, I do know that uh, not this last batch but the batch before with my um, honey I washed the kids I had and I call that one vanilla dreams because it's just it's a it's a wonderful fragrance but sadly the red bled into it so I had to think about that the next time I made it so the next batch wasn't nearly as as uh, blood obvious so anywho um with that uh, if if you find that you have a way of mitigating the red bleeding into your other colors when you make soap go on over to the soapers chat facebook group and post how you do it because i for one would love to know the more information you have at your disposal the more you're going to be able to mitigate situations that come up so the more experience you have learning from others for example if you're going along and all of a sudden you start seeing acceleration or ricing and it's something you previously haven't experienced but you've seen how others deal with it you've heard how others dealt with it it's one of those things where you're like oh okay I know exactly what I'm doing now for example I when I was demonstrating making soap a few weeks ago at the soapers conference 
uh, one of the fragrances that I was working with actually uh, it, it decelerated. So it actually slowed down trace. And I was looking at it and, and I mentioned to the group, I'm like, look, it's, it's slowing down trace. And I showed a couple of people that were up towards the front. I was like, look. And they were like, yeah, look at that. And it was a wonderful example of where you could see a fragrance oil slow down trace. And I demonstrated, okay, I've seen how that happened before watching other soapers. I know how to fix that. So I went in before I put the soap into the mold and I blended it up some more to kind of bring back my trace. So that's, it's always nice to be able to share knowledge. And my hope is that if you have good trusty tried and true techniques that will help others like, oh, this is what I do to keep the red from bleeding into my white or bleeding into my orange or my yellow. Share with the group because that's going to make everybody that much better. And then in turn, somebody will share something with you that you're, you're going to find is going to come in handy down the road. So definitely a good thing to share. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the fact that we are now in August. We are a hop, skip, and a jump from the end of the year. My goodness, where did the year go? Yeah, so in that regard, we want to kind of discuss, and we by we, I mean me, um, and I would hope you, um, let's talk about the fall and the holiday fragrances. Yes, it is time to start working on your fall and holiday fragrances because if you do the four to six week cure time, before long, you're gonna be selling fall and holiday soaps, yes. And that's usually when a lot of people buy soaps for friends and family members and they're like, oh, I got to find something to buy. This is a tried and true method. And then they end up doing like uh, several of my customers have done and they buy the soaps and they keep them for themselves and they have to buy more for their friends, which is not a problem for me. Uh, but some of the fragrance oils that I've seen for fall scents and I've purchased as well. Uh, include such as toasted marshmallow. Love that fragrance. I have a bottle. I'm going to use it. Uh, just haven't had time. Uh, but it smells fantastic. Uh, frank frankincense and myrrh. Now, actually, I've made soap with that. And I actually uh, know someone who uses it kind of like a cologne. So uh, in, in it's kind of like a men's kind of cologne kind of thing women can wear it too. I mean, there's no problems there, but it was good to hear that uh, a friend of mine that I, I gave a soap to, a bar of soap, he's like, oh yeah, I wear this like a cologne. I'm like, oh, awesome. Uh, then there's sweater weather. Um, it's, that one I'll leave for you to look up. I thought that one was interesting. Peppermint, that's always a, a holiday go-to. Bayberry, oh, that's my, that is my when I think of the holidays, that is my fragrance that I think of the holidays with. So every time I smell that, I'm like, all right, I'm into the, the fall weather. Let's bring it. Uh, and then there's uh, caramel apple. Apple is always a, a fall fragrance because the apples are starting to come into season to be harvested. And I'm looking forward to it because those are great in smoothies. Um, and then there is a Christmas wreath type. Um, of course, you may have to call it something else because that's a Yankee Candle fragrance uh trademark thing. Uh, then gingerbread. Yeah, that's a gimme. Uh, marshmallow fireside. Oh, this one's a, I love marshmallow fireside. It's so, you, you smell it and it just, oh, I think campfire, sitting by the campfire with marshmallows. Mmm. Uh, and then there's salted caramel. Uh, good stuff. Um, this one's one that I want to try when I get the opportunity. Vanilla hazelnut. Uh, I know Bee Scented just recently got it. And as, if, as a matter of fact, they have it on sale right now. 
where you can get a 16 ounce bottle, I believe, for $10, which is awesome. Uh, and then uh, the Sweet Cinnamon Pumpkin. This one I got, I think it was last year, and I was really quite surprised by it because normally pumpkin discolors because of the vanilla content. Well, there's no vanilla in it, but there is a synthetic vanilla, and I think it's 3% on Bee Scented sells it. And it doesn't discolor that badly, and it smells really good. So that's one that I enjoy, and I got to get more of it because I'm almost out, and I got to make a loaf. I really like it. Um, and then there's winter type. That one I also suggest looking up. Kind of, uh, those are my surprise fragrances. You got to look them up, and if you can get a sample of those, definitely get a sample because you may end up buying a 16 ounce bottle or bigger. Uh, Jack Frost. Omg, that is such oh. It just so refreshing is the first word I think of when I smell Jack Frost. It's uh, definitely minty, but it's one of those cool winter mint kind of smells where you smell it and you're like, oh, that one reminds me of the first snow, kind of like with a with a hint of mint um, on the side there. Yeah, it's just one of those. Um, pumpkin spice. That's my go-to. Whenever I do fall scents, that's the that's a big one. That one and apple crisp are my two go-to because that's the first thing I think of when, when I think fall. Uh, then there's bay rum. Uh, good men's scent. I notice a lot of shaving soaps are bay rum usually. Uh, peppermint. Oh, I already mentioned peppermint. Sorry. Uh, apple jack and peel. That, that one surprises me. I, I've got a bottle of it and there's no vanilla in it. And I'm like, wow, really? That surprises me. Now there, are, of course, that, that might be one of those fragrance oil of the week when we get into the fall that I'll look and find the companies that have ones with vanilla and without vanilla. So more to come on that. Uh, balsam fir, another kind of rustic holiday fragrance there. Snow clouds. That one, um, I've seen a couple places sell it, like Soap Making with Lisa does, and if you didn't jump on it, keep an eye on her Facebook page because she usually does announcements when she has her fall scent lineup, and if you don't jump on it, you're going to miss it. She's got some good fragrances she's able to snag. Uh, Snow Fairy, another one she's got on there. Uh, Witch's Brew. Oh my goodness. This is one that you could technically have year-round, and I do keep it year-round because you would be surprised how many people will get that at the beginning of summer and they're just like I really like that that's really good it is it is a fantastic fragrance now recently and by recently I say within the last year or so uh, more fragrance oil companies have have got into their lineup uh, the fragrance the witch's brew fragrance oil that you can use in, safely in cold process soap in larger quantities so that the smell stays the fragrance sticks with it because normally you can only use smaller amounts because of the different uh, fragrance oil mixes with it. But more and more companies have gotten Witch's Brew in that is able to have a higher usage rate, which is really nice. So places like Nature's Fragrance, uh, my go-to is Soap Making with Lisa. I got a huge bottle of that. And with that, because of the fragrance type, um, because it is more of a kind of spicy type fragrance, you're going to want to put that in a bottle because it will eat your plastic bottles. Personal experience, it will eat your plastic bottle. Get glass bottles. If you buy a plastic bottle of Witch's Brew, switch it over to a glass bottle when you have the opportunity. You'll, you'll thank yourself later. Uh, moving right along. 
clovebud essential oil and cedarwood essential oil. Those are kind of essential oils that are good for fall fragrances. Um, they're good all year round, but it, it mostly in the fall, it's kind of, when you get into fall, you think more woodsy, more cooler, more fire. Yeah, pyro. Yeah. So, but I digress. It, cedarwood is usually one that I think of. It, I immediately think fall. So those are your fall scents. If there's a fall scent that you go to every year that I did not touch on, head on over to the Facebook group page and chew me out. I need to know about that so I can make sure everybody else knows about it too. Yeah, so that is where we're at there with our fall scents. And like I said, four to six weeks, time to get working on those. All right, next I want to mention something that uh, I watched Wickedly Good's latest video and she mentioned and I was... It kind of made me think about kind of as a whole lining wood molds. If you use a, a wood mold, you are probably just as frustrated as I am when it comes to what to use to line your mold. The tried and true method, of course, is silicone molds. But with those, you have to either have a a harder soap recipe where it's going to come out of the soap, the silicone soap mold without leaving the corners, which is so irritating or use sodium lactate where it kind of makes the, the bar a little bit hard, harder so that it all comes out at once. I found that with my recipe, I have to leave it out of the mold for a little bit so that it kind of is not as sticky still because it still has a little bit of stickiness even coming out of the soap mold, even though it comes out clean. Um, then there's, of course, uh, parchment paper. Uh, there's also freezer paper. But my concern with that personally is on um, waste. I, I'm trying to reduce the amount of waste that I create when I make soap. Um, for example, I'm kind of trying to reduce the amount of paper towels that I use using more wet washcloths because I can leave those for a day or two and then throw them in the in the uh, washer and wash them and we're good to go. Uh, and my, of course, my uh, my dishes, leave them for a couple of days, let them become soap, throw them in the dishwasher with vinegar and we're good. So I've had good luck with that process where I'm not causing major damage to my, my dishwasher doing that. Um, not only that, I, I noticed using vinegar in combination with a water softener. I have a water softener with potassium um, salt. Uh, they use them for solar panels as well. Uh, because we have hard water. There's a lot of hard water all over the United States, sadly. Uh, probably in other countries as well, they're dealing with hard water. And one way I found that kind of helps with dealing with hard water is to have the water softener and use potassium instead of the sodium salt. Uh, one reason I do that is because a plumber actually who installed my water softener years ago said that it's not as hard on your plants. If if you have to water plants with the uh, softened water, it's not going to burn your plants as much. So I was like, that's a that's definitely a plus. Um, so And plus, a lot of people are potassium deficient. And I thought, oh, win-win. If I'm potassium deficient, that's one good way of trying to bring potassium into my, my system. But yeah, that's kind of how I deal with, with the hard water is with the potassium as well as vinegar in my dishwasher. So there's your hint for the week. Uh, among the other hints that I've given this, this week. 
yeah, so moving on, um, one way that I've also kind of curbed my footprint there is oilcloth. I started with oilcloth and in place of freezer paper and parchment paper in, in silicone molds in my soap molds. Um, and that worked really well. Um, had a little bit of issue with softness on my soaps. It wasn't too, too bad. Um, but I then was kind of worried about PVC. Um, your soap doesn't interact a whole lot with the oil cloth, but it's enough to be kind of concerned about. So I keep my oil cloth to the side for other things. Uh, and I found laminated cotton. So I've been using lately, I've been using laminated cotton for lining my soap molds. Uh, laminated cotton, really all it is, is uh, they've got, and I'll have to look it up, uh, they, you can buy the cotton anywhere, um, but in, if you're in the States, Joann's usually has this uh, laminate that you can iron on your cotton. Uh, they call it kind of like a natural raincoat fabric kind of thing. You can find it on Etsy too. That's the great thing. That's where I found mine. Um, but that's what I've been using lately. And then, to make a long story longer, uh, Wickedly Goods was talking about where she had heard about barbecue liners, plastic reusable barbecue tray liners. I was like, really? And you can buy them anywhere. I provided a link in the comments where uh, there's one on Amazon, so you can check anywhere. She's in Australia, so that tells you something. So this this means that you can find barbecue plastic liners anywhere, and they were they're in rolls, on um, different sizes, of course, because everybody has different sizes of of uh, barbecues, and it's heat resistant up to certain temperatures. So the fact that our soaps get kind of 200 plus sometimes, depending on the level of soaping that the that you're doing, that the level of temperature you're doing. Um, that makes it really a go-to right there. So I am going to do a little bit more research, meaning I'm going to buy some, yeah, and I'm going to try using it and see how that works out because it looks really, really good. Um, so yeah, I it, I hope this helps someone because that's good information to, and it's one extra way that you can kind of limit your footprint um, if you are interested in reducing your footprint on waste. Um, now also kind of to go with that covering your soaps one other kind of to go into that same level and I might might have mentioned this previously um, what I do is with my so, uh, smaller molds um, two pound kind of uh, six inch soaps where they're six inches long the loaves um, instead of covering them with uh, a piece of wood to keep from getting soda ash or uh, pulling off a piece of plastic from a roll. I found shower caps. Yes, plastic shower caps. These things are great and you can reuse them over and over again. I bought a big bag of them and I haven't even tapped the, the bag that much. I mean, I've maybe used a whopping 10 and of those 10, I've kept reusing like seven of them for different things. Uh, I cut a hole in one and tried to use it in my uh, mixer and that was kind of a big fail. So yeah, uh, but that's what I use to cover my mold. So I'll spray them with the rubbing alcohol and then I'll cover them with the smaller ones. I'm still looking for a solution for my bigger ones, um, but I'll cover those and those that helps with soda ash. So those are ways that I'm hoping help 
people who are looking to reduce their footprint when with waste when they're making their soaps. So if you have a way to cover larger soaps, your larger soap molds is that with a reusable solution besides a wood cover, um, let me know. Again, Soapers Chat Facebook group is a wonderful solution. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, no worries. Soapers Chat at Outlook.com. So share knowledge. It's always good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Now I want to mention our YouTuber of the week. Uh, this YouTuber is actually in Israel. Um, the YouTube page is, and I apologize if I butcher this, Zveta Dian Soap. Uh, she does high temperature hot process. Now, I like to watch the volcano. So that's one of the things that I really enjoy about soap making. Um, not so much doing it because the smell of the soap kind of lingers in my soap room. And I, I kind of prefer cold process over hot process because of that. But I really enjoy watching salt volcanoes. And it's so nice to see somebody manage a soap volcano. And she's got several high temperature hot process videos where you can watch um, most recently, she had uh, a soap video where you get to watch like seven in a row where she's going and the volcanoes and then mixes it down and then volcanoes and she mixes it down. It's like so kind of gratifying to watch. It's <laughs> really enjoyable. Uh, I'll include a, a link in the comments to her page. But yeah, if you have an opportunity... Please go and, and, and take a look at her videos. If you're curious about what her videos say, of course, there's the Google Translator. That will help you out there. But, yeah, feel free to check her out. It's really a, it's, it's an awesome, awesome uh, YouTube page to watch. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is recently I finally broke down and I found that uh, Steph's Mike is a More had a little tall and skinny mini kit. And it was the tall and skinny mini mold along with a uh, gear tie that you can use to mix your soap inside the mold and a couple of micas as well as a fragrance oil. The one that she had in the, um, in the listing was oatmeal milk and honey, but of course you can let her know, hey, I want something else. Well, I got the kit plus one because eventually I would like to give that plus one away. So more to come in a later episode with that. Um, however, I got it, and I've never had a tall and skinny mold, and I'm very surprised by the width of the bars. It's really kind of a cute cute little mold. Um, hopefully my little soap recipe will work in there very well. I'm really excited to try it, and what I'll try to do is maybe... On the uh, Soapers Chat Instagram page. Yes, we have an Instagram page. It doesn't get a lot of love, but uh, we do have one. Uh, and I'll put a link in the description and the comments below so that you can benefit. I'll also throw up a link on the, uh, the Facebook group. But I will make an effort this weekend to uh, play with the Tall and Skinny Mini so that everybody else can look at it as well. If you don't want to wait for me, Steph Smikas and more has wonderful videos where she is making soaps with her tall and skinny mini. Uh, she recently came out with a plum purple that is gorgeous. I love that deep purple. Um, that's one of those that it's hard to find a good purple that sticks in cold process soap. Let me tell you, it is so frustrating to 
find a, a beautiful purple and then watch it disappear while you're mixing up your soap. That is just heartbreaking. However, hers are stable in cold process soap. One of the many companies that are cold process soap stable. So that was a nice thing. And for her to have that deep plum purple, oh, and she also is the only one that I know of that has a navy blue. Let me tell you, that was exciting to find a navy blue mica, and I jumped on that. So thank you, Steph's Micahs and more, for having navy and that beautiful plum purple. All right, so that's all we have for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the information, and I hope you found it useful. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions, positive. I don't listen to trolls. Uh, please let me know. Otherwise, if you have uh, suggestions for Facebook groups, if you know of any uh, conventions that are going on, like SoapCon's coming up in September. I think it's the 21st and 22nd in Kentucky. Uh, I mentioned it on a previous show. Uh, let me know uh, if you know of any of those conventions. Uh, or even gatherings. Gatherings are wonderful, too. Uh, if you also know of any YouTubers, let me know. I'd love to be able to share. I really enjoy doing that. I love watching the videos, too, because I may become a subscriber and I get to watch. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we have for this week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and tune in next week. Bye.